Good afternoon, my Sith brothers and sisters, pure bloods, cultists, rebel scum on the run, but most importantly, my fellow Star Wars fans. I hope everybody's hanging in there this week. I wanted to actually make this intro short because I've added a extra segment to the episode. Yours truly has finally finished Clone Wars. So before we jump into Chapter 3, Book of Boba Fett review, I did go in and add some thoughts to finally finishing Clone Wars and any questions or comments that I had on that. That'll be the segment following after this. But thankfully, in terms of tattoo update keeping it very brief I did manage to get that scheduled next week with the guy that did my Kylo tattoo so only temporarily delayed which not complaining it'll get done so it's just been it's been a little up and down this week just with sleep and with work and just Still coming off of everything that went down last weekend. It just, you know, life never slows down. So just trying to, trying to sometimes feel like you're keeping your head above water. So, like I said, hopefully everybody's hanging in there, taking good care of themselves and just survival mode, man. That's, that's all you can do. Um, I did not purchase anything else since I last recorded, so I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the intro here and set us up for some Clone Wars comments. Hang out. So I wanted to add this additional segment to this week's episode because yours truly finally finished the last season of Clone Wars. I feel like this has been a long time coming, most definitely. You guys know, read through the comics pretty quickly and just the TV show. I hit a snag somewhere between season three and four. And then once I got through four into five, it just, it really started to pick up. So... I did want to, won't be a very long segment, but I did want to share a couple of things that I really uh, took away and enjoyed in the Clone Wars, especially finally finishing it because I feel like I've heard for quite a while that Season 7 is some of the best TV that Star Wars has ever done. And... I agree and kind of disagree having... Now, this being said, before I jump into Rebels and or Bad Batch, um, to me, if I had not done the reading beforehand, I probably would have been even more disappointed by the finale than I actually am just... To me, there's a lot of loose ends that the finale has with um, Ahsoka and Rex surviving. Uh, the, fi- the Of course, watching the... 
I thought the helmet tribute with the 501st before um, Order 66 was executed. I thought the orange uh, paint job on the helmet to match Ahsoka's face paint was really... I thought that was really touching and that's not something that you're necessarily going to hear this Sith say very often. But the relationship that Ahsoka formed... The, really grows with Rex in the final season when she comes back to work with Bo-Katan and they work on capturing Maul. I really enjoyed, too, not gonna lie, seeing Ahsoka and Maul work together. But the thing that thing about that I thought was really funny when Order 66 happens and Ahsoka senses it, so does Maul, and she goes to release him. When Ahsoka's telling Maul what happened, how the clones are turning on them, Maul's reaction to there in front of Ahsoka and that major side eye that she gives him, where he calls it brilliant, it was freaking textbook hilarious. I really... Um, I really enjoyed it because especially when Maul escapes, that's the other loose end. It's like, well, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get that battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi and vice versa. Also, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, Maul's still alive. So, going to more than likely just jump right into Rebels at this point because I've got to tie up these loose ends. It's driving me freaking crazy, but... um Watching Order 66 happen from the perspective of Ahsoka and the 501st is just really interesting because you don't see it really played out. Like, you don't see Anakin becoming Darth Vader. You only sense it. And so when Vader finds her lightsaber in the snow where the 501st were buried... That's the other showdown that I think I very much look forward to, Master vs. Apprentice. Because it's it's a story that we've seen play out time over time. Just the Master and the Apprentice change. And considering the fact that Ahsoka never told the Jedi Council, and of course Rex calls her out on it too... Yoda kind of senses that Ahsoka has something else to say. Of course, this is after Maul has been captured in the final season. It's I want to say it's somewhere around episode 8 or 9 when he gets captured. Because the last four episodes is like a four... I believe it's a four-part four part ending there. So Maul gets captured and she's talking to the council and... She's like, I'm technically a citizen. So they're like, well, we can't tell you where, what Anakin's doing, you know, other than the fact that they tell her that Obi-Wan's going after Grievous on Utapau. And Yoda kind of hangs out there and is like, do you have, you have more you need to say? Like, he can sense it. And she does not tell him that Maul, the rant that Maul went on when he got released about Anakin being the key. 
and how his master, the other person his master was interested in, wasn't Obi-Wan Kenobi, it was Anakin. So, really anxious to see how this plays out in Rebels. Hopefully, now that I know where we're going, I've just got to really pick up the pace on my reading. I can finally go back through and go through the Vaders. I can read uh, Dark Disciple and... It's just like the Canaan stuff. Once I get started in that, it just opens up a whole other realm of reading. So I just wanted to jump on and add this segment real quick. So I guess you can call this week a three-peater because coming up next, we will deep dive into chapter three, Book of Boba Fett review. So sit tight. Yo, guys, this week's episode of Book of Boba Fett was straight fucking fire. Finally, I feel like we got the episode that a lot of us were hoping for just because the last couple of the f- last couple of weeks, first two episodes didn't really move a whole lot. It was a lot of nostalgia and what he'd been up to over the years so not saying that I'm complaining or that I had an issue with it I could just definitely see some people's complaints with it because we've only got supposedly seven episodes and the first two didn't really move the needle a whole lot so finally I feel like they did a good job on finding the balance Yes, you can still pay tribute to the past, but ultimately the goal is to move the story forward, which I feel like this week we for sure finally got it. So before I go any further, I do want to mention here first and foremost, you know I don't want to be that spoilerific person for you. If you have not watched Chapter 3 Book of Boba Fett, Please pause and pick back up after you've viewed. I'd much rather you follow along and enjoy after you've watched it than finding out about it through me before the fact. So, this week's episode, Chapter 3, titled The Streets of Mos Espa, start off with... The droid that they have at the palace showing Boba and Fennec a layout of Mos Espa and explaining to him that when Bib took over, Mos Espa was divided into, or I should say, divided and given to three families. The Trandosians, who got the city center, the Aqualish, I'm going to try my best to pronounce some of these, Aqualish got the workers district, and then this one's funny, Doc, this one of course is for you because I find this last one really funny, mostly because it closely resembles a female body part, and slightly inappropriate when you say it, 
the Clatoonians. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. It's fucking funny. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Droids explaining that Bib maintained his position as Dymo by preserving the uneasy alliances between the three families. Suddenly, the, excuse me, a little bit of a yawn, my apologies, a visitor is announced, actor by the name of Stephen Root, who I remember from a show called Turn, it was really nice to see him again, but his character is his name, I'm fairly sure I watched this part a second time to make sure I got the name right, Walter Peel or Walter Mongrel in the Workers' District. He comes with a petition but starts off by telling Boba that nobody respects you and the streets turned into chaos since... Bib Fortuna passed. So Fennec's like, you know what? We don't have to listen to your bullshit. And then quickly he's like, oh, well, what about my petition? So Boba's like, hurry the hell up. Get on with it. Petitions Boba by saying that a street gang has been stealing his inventory. He is in the business of Selling trading water from the moisture farmers on Tatooine and in the area. Says that this street gang has modified themselves, their part machine. Says that if they get, if Boba gets rid of this gang, he'll double his tribute. Boba and Fennec take a walk and come across come up on this street gang and Boba's like, hey, where'd you get that water? The female, the infamous biker chick that everybody lost their minds about before the series even started. We finally get to see her, although I'm pretty sure after watching this episode twice, I did not hear any of their names in this gang mentioned there was four or five of them that we mainly see four of them because they're riding different color bikes. Biker chick that everyone's freaking out about it. Uh, she's got a blue scooter. It's not necessarily a motorcycle, but it's a cross between a... It's if a moped, a scooter, and a motorcycle had a baby. But anyways, this biker gang all rides different colored bikes. This guy with a cybernetic eye has a red one. This dark-haired oriental girls riding like a green one. And then there's a yellow bike. And mouthy biker chick says that... Well, we stole the water. 
And then guy with the cybernetic eye, you know, goes on about how he stole the water because the guy we're stealing from charges a month's wages for a week's worth of water. And the girl, biker chick, kind of quips back, well, there's no work, so how are we supposed to be able to afford the water? Boba quickly makes her an offer and is like, you know what? You guys can come work for me. And Walter comes running out of his damn shop. And like, hey, I thought we had a deal here. You said you were going to get rid of them. Now you're cutting them a deal. These, This gang of young adults, we'll call them owe him $1,300 credits. They throw him a bag of 500 and say, you know what, take the 500 and consider it settled. And you need to, while we're at it, you need to lower your damn prices or you can move to Mos Eisley. And Fennec, you know, is like, hey, you guys want work or not? So they leave Walter's shop or they leave the area. And this is the only flashback part of the episode that Boba has. Uh, it's flashback of watching his father, Django, leave Camino, And then it goes back to right after the flashback from last week, his time with the Sand People once he becomes a part of the tribe with the Tuscans. They show him in his black robes and his new forged weapons riding a bantha towards Mose Eisley. Really nice to be back from there, of course. Definitely reminiscent of just being back where we were with A New Hope. I really loved returning there. Comes across a couple Jawas and says that he's got business with the Pikes. Where where do they operate out of? And of course they point to this one area. And come to find out that the fish face people, I didn't know who they were last week. The ones running the train that was shooting up the Dune Sea was the Pikes. These fish face people. It's hard for me to really remember because there haven't been really any instances up until last week where I'd seen them without the masks. So now we know the fish face people are pikes who we've come to know from Clone Wars. They're one of the crime syndicates running in the galaxy at this time period. Boba's come to collect the tribute that's owed and be on his way. And then he pull, uh, the boss or whoever, whatever his name is, informs him that, you know, what we've already paid a tribute for, for the protection in the same area. Boba's like, okay, this area belongs to the Tuscans. They've owned it since the water dried up out there and says that, he promises to resolve this dispute with the um, gang that was hanging out at Tashi Station. Now come to find out they are known as 
pretty sure, I hope and pray this name is right, the Nido Sandriders. They were the Transdotion looking biker gang that, or yeah, speeder bike gang that was hanging out from last week. It shows him riding back towards the camp, Tuscan camp, and off in the distance he can see a big black cloud of smoke coming up. He returns to camp and quickly realizes that everything has been burned, has been torched. All the sand people are dead. I'm not going to lie when the cinema cinematography in this was really was really awesome. It really loved seeing the visuals of him riding through the dune sea were really really amazing. However, initially I will admit when you see the black cloud of smoke come up, I thought for sure it was I was like, "Oh, please let it be Uncle Owen and Aunt Bruce." I was like, "Please, please, 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 please." But it's not. It's the Tuscan camp. However, to connect the dots, there is a symbol on the tent in the Tuscan camp that Boba recognizes. And it is the same symbol, the Nito Sandrider gang, which the gang in the first episode where they were Spray painting the side of what I believed or what I thought was Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's. Um, Although I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. But the same symbol that he remembers seeing when they came up on that is the same symbol on the tent. He politely takes all the Tuscans and puts them into a fire pit. He tosses in the weapons and the branch that he brought back with him from last week. And he's kind of like, you know, everything, you know, he's truly on his own at this point. He's kind of at a breaking point where now, you know, you just became a part of this group of people and now they're all gone. So... As Boba's coming back to in the Bacta tank, you see BK, a.k.a. Kersantin, the dark-haired Wookiee from last week with the Huts, start attacking him. Yanks him out of the Bacta tank and gets into quite a little bit of a fight with him. I will admit one thing that... Kersantin had I thought was really neat and it's not something I recall seeing before. He had these sort of electric knuckles uh, I thought were really really neat looking. Of course Boba doesn't really have any weapons on him because he literally gets pulled out of the back to tank. He tries to reach for one of his gauntlets but Kersantin's just too powerful for him. Biker chick comes up and stabs him with her blade. And then the rest of the gang, they kind of have, I don't necessarily, it's a cross between vibro. It's not, I don't think it's full on vibro weapons, but it, it, it has some, some of them have some sort of electrical charge to them. Uh, it's really, I thought it was really neat to see different kind of weapons or style that we're somewhat familiar with. It, it it's 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 just neat 
have a fascination with weapons in case you haven't noticed. Of course, you've got your classic lightsaber, but I happen to really be a big fan of Praetorian weapons and just seeing seeing new things that you're not used to seeing other than your typical lightsaber and your blaster. So it's it's really neat to see even though we don't know their names yet, each member of the of this gang all has their own type of weapon. He gets into it just Kersantan has has some weird bite fetish, which I thought was, I don't know, it was a little weird for me because he bites Boba and then, yeah, it's just really fucking weird. Really, 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 really weird. He gets tossed down into the Rancor pit. Fennec kind of throws a blade and he loses his grip and falls back down in there, of course. Now they're all trying to figure out who sent him. And it's like, okay, it's got to be the Huts because he showed up with the Huts on Mos Espa. So that's who they're thinking sent him. Fennec and Boba have a lot of food on the table, which is really, it's really interesting because you, you, from from everything that we've seen so far, even though he is the Daimo of Mos Espa, everything about him screams minimalistic. However, to see this sprawl of food and tributes, it, it's it's definitely a different a different scene that we're used to seeing for Boba. And Fennec is trying to tell him, you know what, I understand your need to respond here, but we need to, we've got Kersantan down and locked in your dungeon. Why don't we wait for them to show their hand? The droid announces that they have a visitor and says that the twins are here with a gift. You see a rancor and I pop for this so fucking much. Pop, 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 pop. Finally got that Rancor we were waiting for. It only makes sense, especially being in Jabba's palace. You can't be in the palace. You got to have a Rancor. And they do not announce his name. Or they haven't announced his name yet. But the Rancor's handler is played by the actor Danny Trejo. Which seemed just slightly out of place. Because it's literally... He doesn't have a mask or anything. He, he you know, he just. It's kind of like Seabiscuit and being a horse trainer. He's just, he's, he's just there. He, he, he hasn't really presented his name yet. And the twins. Or at least the. the yeah, the twins. Because they both take turns talking. Admit that they did send Kersantan to kill him. 
they quickly apologize and say, accept this gift as an apology, which doesn't really make sense because I don't know about you, but if you send somebody to go kill somebody and he gets, I just, I don't understand the whole point of you captured the guy we sent here to kill you, you know, hey, here, here's a gift instead. And it's a fucking rancor, so. The twins also caution Boba and say, you know what, we're leaving back for Huda, you should leave too. And said, and tells him, we were both lied to here. This land has already been promised to another syndicate by the mayor Mokshais. So that opens up a whole other realm of questions. The twins, as they're getting ready to leave, Boba offers Kersantan back to them. And he's like, you know what? You keep him. Sell him back to the gladiators. He's our tribute to you. Pretty fucking nice tribute. You get to not only keep Kersantan, they're like, you know what? You've kind of washed their hands with him. But we're also giving you a fucking rancor. So, I think that leads into when Fennec asked Boba here, you know, do you do you believe what the twins said? And he's like, you know what? The Huts are not really people to be trusted. You know, they would benefit from everybody fighting here. However, at this point, you also don't want to completely disbelieve him here either. Completely disbelieve them here either. So they're like, you know what? We need to work on getting an appointment with the mayor. So Fennec goes off. Boba, this part was really neat. Goes down into the Rancor pit area with the handler. And Boba's asking what's wrong with it. And the handler's like, he's depressed. He's only a calf. Originally bred by champions for fighting. He he says that he kind of took this one for his own to help train him. And tells Boba that they, that they imprint on the first human they see. And Boba's walking up and petting it. And... The trainers going on a little bit more about the Rancor saying that they tend to form really strong bonds with their owners and talk about how even at one point the witches of Dathomir were riding around on them. So Boba gets this idea that I want to learn how to ride it and we start today. So the handler has Boba go stand out in front of the Rancor and he takes off the... How do I call it? The things covering his eyes. And then, of course, the Rancor can finally visualize Boba. Boba again walks up to the Rancor and starts petting it. And, you know, obviously you can see this bond being formed. And it's really funny because from behind the Rancor, the the protocol dro- or the droid that they have pops up and says, Excuse me, but... 
the mayor's not available for the next 20 days. For a second, I was just like, you're going to startle the Rancor, and the Rancor is going to either, one, turn around and accidentally swipe at Boba, or he's going to turn around and go after the droid. So I was was kind of hoping for that, but that's not exactly what we get. And he's like, tell Fennec to suit up. We're going to go visit the mayor because we're not going to wait three weeks to see this guy. And turns and looks at the handler finally and says, you know, that he gets a big feast. He's just hungry. And I'm not 100% sure where the angle or what the handler meant in the tone he said to the Rancor. He's like, don't worry, he's coming back. Not 100% sure where or what that was implying. If, if you know, they're talking about the bond that Boba's trying to make and how he's impressed with him. Or if this is like, you know, going to bring him back so you can eat him. Like I said, not really sure what the Hutt's play is all of this either. Just because their generosity definitely, to me, raises a lot of eyebrows. So... They go to the mayor's, Fennec and Boba, with the biker gang behind them in tow. And you come up on the domo, who's actually at the front desk, and says, you know what, the mayor's schedule's a little complicated. Fennec threatens to shoot him, and he's like, you know what, let me go see if I can move some un- some non-time-sensitive appointments. Goes, locks himself in the mayor's mayor's office. Boba and Fennec quickly spot this. They shoot off the panel on the door and realize that the Domo has escaped because there's nobody or nothing aside from the chair and that in the room. You quickly pan to the outside of the building and you see the Domo riding off in a land speeder. Boba and Fennec come running out the front door and yell to the biker gang, go after him. It's really neat seeing them ride through the streets of Mos Espa, of course. At one point, one of them drives through this big painting of Jabba, which I thought was pretty pretty neat. And they just this scene was really shot well. You've got a lot of visuals. You've got a lot of things going on. Um, one thing I will point out that I forgot to mention, you do see... Earlier, when Boba's on Mos Eisley going to meet with the Pikes to get the tributes for the Tuscans, you do see the female shop owner with the droids from the Mando series. Don't know or don't remember what if her character was given a name, but she was pretty sure it was the same owner. The actress who plays her name is Amy Sedaris. You do see her with the droids in tow earlier on Mos Eisley. And for some reason, I just thought about that side note while we're back here on Mos Espa and we've got the Domo being chased down by the biker gang. Do a lot of damage on the streets. Finally, he winds up in a fruit stand. Boba comes down and and it's like, where's the mayor? And the Domo's like, the mayor's gone. He's working with the Pikes. The robotic eye guy 
in his rear view mirror on his scooter bike hybrid moped thing. <laughs> Sees a bunch of pikes disembarking off a Starliner. He quickly finds a safe place to report to Boba and presents this information to Fennec and Boba and says, I know a pike when I see one. I saw at least a dozen or so of them. And Boba kind of cracks funny on him because the guy really only has one human eye and then he's got the cybernetic eye and he's like, keep an eye on him. Sorry. And the guy kind of laughs it off and is like, you know what? I paid a lot for this eye. It's okay. So just tells him to keep an eye on him. And finally, at the end of the episode, Fennec and Boba are like, they're, they're preparing for war and we need to be ready. And that is chapter three of Book of Boba Fett. Really great episode. Like I said, cinematography was fantastic on this. I love the minimal flashbacks this time and, and the amount of time that we spent in the present day. Like I said, I think this is finally what fans were looking for. You got a lot of new characters, a lot of things going on, a lot of pieces in motion. Now that we are almost roughly halfway through the series... Finally, we should be able to get a lot of action out of this. So I hope you enjoyed this week and my first impression discussion on Chapter 3, Book of Boba Fett. Please, as always, do not forget to like, comment, subscribe, share. We're Ever you listen to me at, tell your fellow Star Wars friends. It's always welcome. And I love being able to reach new people and new faces. Next week, of course, deep dive into Chapter 4 and in the same old updates that we usually do. I hope everybody has a great rest of your week. And until next time, my friends, may the force be with all of you.